Praise the Lord, church. Praise the Lord, church. Is there anybody happy to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Hallelujah. Can we stand to our feet? Can we just indicate by clapping our hands? Hallelujah. So grateful to be in the house of the Lord this morning. It is Sunday morning. No better place to be than in the house of the Lord. Amen. How many know there's joy in the house of the Lord? Amen. Amen. We're here to praise the name of Jesus. Let's praise him this morning. Hallelujah. Can we put our hands together and just clap this morning?
God, I pray, help us, oh God, that we'll be in tune with you, almighty God, that you can move through us, Lord God, to move upon them. Oh, Jesus, I pray today, Lord, that you will have your way. Lord God, we are so dependent on you. I pray, almighty God, that you will allow your spirit, oh God, to fall afresh upon each and every one of us, like you did on the day of Pentecost. Help us to be in a spirit of oneness, a spirit of unity. Almighty God, that we will all, oh God, have our focus just on you, to be in tune with you today, God. I pray in your name, Lord Jesus, that you would have your way, God. I pray for your manservant, that Lord, you will anoint his lips of clay, that he will speak the unadulterated word of God. That, Lord Jesus, you will touch our hearts likewise. That we'll be receptive to your word. Oh, merciful Father, will you have your way, God? We submit to your will. We submit to your way, God. We submit to your authority. Have your way right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah, God. Let's continue to worship him in this place this morning. We bless your name, Jesus. Yeah. 
Somebody love on the Lord this morning. Somebody love him. He loves us. He loves us. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, all over the sanctuary. If we could just love the Lord some more this morning. Hallelujah. We love you, Jesus. Let him know how much you love him, how much we appreciate him. Oh, God, we thank you for being so good to us, oh, God. We love you, Lord God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Can we say praise the Lord, everybody? Come on, let's praise the Lord, everybody. Hallelujah. It's truly worthy to be praised. Hallelujah. One more time, let's give the Lord another round of applause this morning. Amen, 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 amen. Praise God. Lord bless you. Maybe seated for a few minutes. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. We want to take this time out this morning to welcome everyone into the house of God. We want to echo the sentiments. From my wife earlier this morning, we want to welcome our online congregation. Amen. And for everyone that is in the house of God this morning, we welcome you. We thank you for joining us in worship this morning. Amen. I pray before you leave the service today, the Lord will meet you. The Lord will bless you. The Lord will touch you wherever you are, whatever you are doing. The Lord has something in store for you this morning. But you have to come with an expectation to receive what the Lord has for you this morning. Amen. If you come with a closed mind, amen, and not sure, just coming up, you're not going to get what you need this morning. You've got to come ready for what the Lord has in store for you this morning. Amen. So we thank you for joining us in worship this morning. We thank you for being here. Amen. I want to quickly go to a couple of preliminary stuff out of the way. Amen. Before we uh, move on with the rest of the remaining portion of the service. Amen. We first of all want to ask all our guests that is here for the first, second, and third time. If you could just stand up so we can recognize you. All our guests. If you couldn't just stand up for a few seconds. All our guests. Amen. All our guests. Look around. All over guests, amen, amen. We're so glad to have you with us this morning. We welcome you to Christ Center Church where Christ is our central focus. We're so glad that you choose to worship with the Lord with us this morning. Our pastor is not here this morning, so we want you to make sure you come back and visit us next week when he's back. Amen. You come back and visit again. Amen. I'm sure we'll be glad and honored to meet with everyone. So come back and visit uh, with us one more time. We're going to invite you one more time. 
to stand with us one more time. We want you just to step out for two minutes. Just leave out of your seat. Just shake somebody's hand and say, good to see you in the house of God this morning. Amen. Just for two minutes. Amen. Praise God. Thank you for the time as you're making your way back to your seat. Amen. We want to thank you for able to uh, yield to our uh, amen greeting everyone this morning. Uh, just don't forget this morning uh, we have a um, partisan sale for a building fund. So please support our endeavor, our building fund right in the fellowship hall. We have our partisan sale. Support our building fund this morning. And just one other final announcement. Our men's retreat is September 8 and 9. For all the brothers that have not yet registered for a men's retreat, we still have time. Amen. We don't have a whole lot of time because the brother Carter want to make sure he has a good count. So for all the brothers that are here that have not yet registered for our men's retreat, which will be September 8 and 9, we're encouraging you to do so. If you need help, if you need a way to do it, let me know. I can help you. I had myself register. I helped another brother register. So if anyone else need help to get registered, please let us know so we can have a good time. Everybody said amen. Amen. And one final announcement is next Sunday right after church, we have in our ministry uh, fear next Sunday right after church, right here in the sanctuary. We're going to be setting up different tents, different things going on. So we're going to encourage all of you that are able to sit right after service, stay right after service. It will be a good time just to see all the different ministries that we have in the church. And just to see, oh, if you want to be a part of the ministry that we have here, amen, that you can talk to the minister leaders and so forth and so on. So that's next Sunday right after church. So make sure you see Brother Bradley if you have any question or concern or anybody on his team. Amen. Now we're going to invite you one more time to stand with us. Amen. We're going to get ready to receive our offering this morning. So we're going to invite you all to stand with us. We're going to pray and ask the Lord to bless us this morning as we get ready to receive the Lord's offering this morning and receiving our offering this morning. So stand with us as we pray. Father God, we love you. We thank you, Lord God, for the time of fellowship, Lord God. We thank you for, oh God, the spirit that you have given unto us, Lord God, as we're about to get ready to receive our offering this morning. We ask your blessing upon every givers. Those who have to give, those who have not likewise, make a way so they too can be a blessing in your kingdom. We ask you to continue to bless the remaining portion of this service. We ask that your will will continue to be done. Bless us and keep us, oh God. Bless and keep our past and his family. Those that are sick, touch their body, Lord God. Those who need a ear. 
healing this morning. I pray your hands will be upon them, Lord God. We commit uh, the remaining portion of the service to you. We thank you for your blessing. We thank you in advance for what you're about to do. Have your way, Lord God. We give you all the glory. We give you all the honor for your great and greatly to be praised. We ask all these things in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said amen. Amen. If you want to give by offering uh, electronic this morning, we have a booth in the back. Feel free. See our sister uh, Asuka's back there waving her hand. Feel free electronically. We're going to ask you to just step out of each year, bring your tithes and offering unto the Lord. Amen.
continue to worship the Lord all over the sanctuary this morning. Hallelujah. Let's continue to worship the Lord this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We're going to ask you to continue to remain standing. Amen. If you don't mind, if you're sitting, we're going to invite you to stand with us this morning. Amen. We want to, again, thank you for worshiping with us this morning. Amen. This man of God, and I'm going to invite up to the platform in a few seconds. Amen. Uh, Pastor McFarlane, I happen to know him for a very long time now. Amen. He and his family is always good whenever we have the time to fellowship. 
So honored to have you with us this morning. Amen. He's no stranger to us. He's a family to us. Amen. And we're so honored to have them in our presence this morning to minister the words of God. I almost called Sister Sharon to come up and sing, but I'll leave that for another time. <laughs> Amen. Amen. But we're so honored. So everyone just say, God bless. God bless. Pastor McFarlane, as we come. Come on, Pastor. Come on up. God bless you. Amen. Amen. Take your liberty, my friend. God bless you, sir. Praise the Lord. Thank you for that. You can be seated for a moment. It is so good to see our family and so good to see so many new faces that you may not know who this crazy dude is up here. But those that have been around, you you guys know who I am. And uh, it is so great to be here at CCC. I love your pastor. He's one of my dearest friends. And it's always an honor to stand in the pulpit of this great man of God, Pastor Wayne Wyatt. Amen? I, uh, we, we came and we, our church, we canceled our service and our whole church came to be with you for your very first service in this building because we believe in what God is doing at CCC and we believe in what God is doing at the church that I pastor called the family church. And it is. I've often said it that we're sister churches, that we started almost around the same time and we've connected, we've rejoiced together, we have wept together, we've tried our best to help carry each other's burdens, and through it all, God is moving in a great way. I want to share with you some photos, if I can. This is the building that we are able to rent. We're moving into a new location and we're hoping to have, we're planning on having our very first service. It's, it's, it's not as great looking on the outside. And it's, it's, then when we go to the inside. We can see it a little bit better. There's 200. That's from the pulpit. That's my view. There's 240 or 260 chairs that are in that building already. And there is space and chairs in storage for 300. So we are rejoicing that... It, that's the fellowship area. We've got a fellowship area now. And um, again, we still need some, as you well know, what your place looked like before you were able to get in. <laughs> Thank God ours looks a little better. Because <laughs> I was here. I saw what it looked like. I know, I know where this pla- how far this place has come. And uh, it's, it's a rental. This is not an ownership situation, but it is a very different situation. And uh, we are very, God is moving this and God is directing it. So I just wanted to share that little testimony with you. Our first service is going to be um, August 27th. Uh, unfortunately, we are going to be changing our time. So we no longer are going to be in the evening where you guys can sometimes used to do the double dip. 
or you'd have service here at home, and then you'd scoot on over to the, to our area and have church with us too. Uh, that's not going to really be a possibility. So if any of you show up to my church, you better believe there's going to be a phone call to Pastor Wyatt to make sure you have permission to be missing church at home. We're just we're just playing. Uh, you have the best pastor, so I'm not worried that you're going to come over to think I'm going to be a better pastor because that ain't how it works. You have an amazing pastor, and we're so, so grateful to be working in partnership with them to reach this state for the gospel. Amen? God is good. So many things. Keep praying for your pastor because uh, transitioning, as you guys have, as we are, The enemy is not happy about that. And there is a lot more weight that gets added to the burden of being pastor in the process of growing the kingdom of God. Now, your pastor's big enough. He's strong enough. His shoulders are broad enough. He can handle that weight. But if you can be praying to lift up that weight just a little bit and carry what you can carry... And he'll be much more able to carry what God has called him to carry, and it will bless you. Amen? Praise God. Praise God. So, we're excited. I just had to share with my family what's going on at our church, too. If you could stand again. I know you've stood and sat many times, but if you could just stand again for the reading of the word, and I'll get into it. Second Samuel chapter 6. Starting in verse 13, I'm still trying to get the swing of things. I've been on vacation, a much needed vacation. Anybody ever been to Pigeon Forge, Tennessee? I recommend it. Every morning I would look out and see those smoky mountains and it would just take all of the stress and just seep it right out of me. I was like, man, I'm getting used to this. I'm not used to living around so many beautiful mountains, and every day was a perfect day. We were even, our, our location where we were staying was close enough to Dollywood. I don't know if you know what Dollywood is, but that's like a great adventure. And they, the, the fireworks that they put off, we could just sit and watch the fireworks without having to be, deal with the crowds of being in a theme park. We could just chill. And I was like, man, I could get used to this. So now i got to get not unused to it and get used to preaching again. Praise God. Hallelujah. Everybody all right? 2 Samuel chapter 6, verse 13. And it was so that when they bear the ark of the Lord, they that bear the ark of the Lord had gone six paces. He sacrificed oxen and fatlings. And David danced before the Lord with all his might. And David was girded with the linen ephod. So David and all the house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouting and with the great sound of the trumpet. And as the ark of the Lord came unto the city of David, Michael, Saul's daughter, looked through a window and saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord. And she despised him in her heart. And they brought in the ark of the Lord and set it in his place in the midst of the tabernacle that David had pitched for it. And David offered burnt offerings and peace offerings before the Lord. 
And as soon as David had made an end of offering, burnt offerings and peace offerings, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord of hosts. And he dwelt among all the people, even among the whole multitude of Israel, as well as the women as men. To everyone, a cake of bread and a good piece of flesh and a flagon of wine. So all the people departed, everyone to his house. Then David returned to bless his household. And Michael, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet David and said. Now I've got to read this in the way it's written. You ready? How glorious was the king of Israel today who uncovered himself. I don't know how to do it, but if I could make my neck do that thing, that's, that, that's how she is. If you get my... I wasn't there, but I just got a feeling. Where was I? I lost my place. How glorious was the king of Israel today who uncovered himself today in the eyes of the handmaids of his servants as one of the vain fellows shamelessly uncovered himself. And David said to Michael, it was before the Lord, which chose me before thy father and before all the house, his house to appoint me ruler over the people of the Lord over Israel. Therefore, will I play before the Lord and I will yet be more vile than thus and will be base in mine own sight. And of those maidservants which thou hast spoken of, of them shall I be had in honor. Therefore Michael, the daughter of Saul, had no children unto the day of her death. Place your Bibles down for a moment. We're going to pray. And I'm going to preach to you. Give God your all. In the name of Jesus, we come before you this morning. We thank you for what we've already felt in worship. We thank you for the lives that have been changed and already affected through the prayers of the saints. But God, we're ready for a word from you. I rebuke every spirit of the enemy by the power and the authority that you've given your church through the name of Jesus. I bind every spirit of doubt. I bind every spirit of fear. I bind every affliction on the authority of the name of Jesus. And I cast it out of this place. God, I release the truth. I release the word of the Lord in this house. Let nothing hinder. Let nothing stop what you have ordained. We are your people called by your name. Let this place be a reflection of your glory in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Give somebody a high five and you may be seated. Hallelujah. 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 I love me that water. Hallelujah. So let me give you a little backstory. During the time of of. When Solomon, excuse me, when Samuel, the prophet, was a young boy and Eli was the high priest, his sons were working as being priests underneath him and they were vile. They manipulated people. They would literally, when young ladies would come to serve in the tabernacle, 
they would take advantage of them in ways that should not be taken advantage of at all. They were about as bad as it gets. And they decided they were going to war against the Philistines. And God didn't say it's time to war against the Philistines. But even if he did, they were so far away from God, they could not have heard him if he said that. But they thought they could act as the rulers of the people representing God, even though they weren't representing God, they were only representing themselves. So they grabbed the Ark of the Covenant. Now, the Ark of the Covenant was a big golden box with wooden rails down the side that the the priest would carry. And on top of that was golden angels, statues of angels, and their wings went up. And they looked at an invisible place in the center of the Ark of the Covenant. And God purposefully had him design the Ark of the Covenant this way because he said his manifested presence would dwell on that invisible place where the eyeline of the angels met. And it was called the mercy seat. And that's where his manifest presence would dwell. But don't be mistaken, the Ark was not God. It was a place he chose to manifest his presence above the ark. It wasn't even the ark that he was manifesting. It was above the ark. So they thought they could control God because they could move the box. But let me tell you, you can't move God until you are first moved by God. And they went out against the Philistines, but they had the ark. And all the other times that they read about in the book of Judges and that they heard Granddaddy talk about and they heard all the stories talk about when we went forward with the ark, the enemies of the Lord fell before us and we were victorious day after day after day led by the ark of God. So they said, well, let's go get victory because they got some stuff we want. And they went to conquer the Philistines and they sent the ark out. And they were obliterated, and the ark was taken into captivity. Because you cannot manipulate a move of God. You can't make God do what you want. There are too many people, I'm going to fall on my face, there are too many people that try to make church what they want it to be. Now this place is beautiful, is it not? It is much nicer than the firehouse. I mean, we got these awesome lights, which I want to get some of them. We got the, the kicking projector. We got the, the box on the drums for the sound, which I'm not a fan of because I'm a drummer and I don't like to be put in a box, but that's me. I'm not rebelling against anything. I think it's wonderful. It, it, the sound guys really appreciate it because the drummers, sometimes we can get a little loud. The music, the, the, the speakers, the lighting, this place is rocking. But just because this place is rocking don't mean God's going to move. We cannot manipulate a move of God just because we make it nice and we fit it into what we want it to be. Sometimes God's got some things to say to you that you don't want to hear. But he loves you so much that he wants you to grow and wants to protect you and lead you and guide you. So then 
you want a move of God. Man, this is not in my notes, but our world is filled with so much counterfeit nonsense. There's so much fake stuff going on. There's fake news and there's, there's deep fake. You can literally watch something and it looks as real as can be, but it ain't. Luke Skywalker is not that young anymore. All right, I'm being a nerd now. Not everybody knows what I'm talking about. I'm not even going to go into it because it don't matter. They can make people who are old look a whole lot different. And there's a whole industry that people, especially the ladies, but the men are just as bad, have learned how to Instagram themselves to look a whole lot differently than they really look. Because it's fake. You can have surgeries. You can have cosmetics. It's cosmetic. The, uh, I, I, I think uh, we always talk about what's Bill Gates used to, and Elon Musk, these super Bezos, rich, rich, super rich guys. Well, one of the richest guys in the world is like three of them are all cosmetic makers. And I think Louis Vuitton is up there too as one of the richest men in the world. Because it's all about making yourself look differently and being fake and the reason it is because you can project something and you don't have to be authentic. You can project what you want to see. Goodness gracious, social media, that's what all it is. You project what you want everybody else to see and not the real thing. I mean, and I'll tell you, I took some pictures of those, those mountains I was telling you about and they're stunning. But they weren't nothing looking at that picture as it was sitting on that balcony, drinking my cup of tea, just feeling that experience of being there in person. It wasn't the same thing in a picture. Now, there's a whole lot of folks that they know how to get that same picture, but that's just a green screen behind them. And they're in their basement. It ain't real. And it all comes back to that there's a that people are so thirsty for something real, something that is worthy, something that could give. I, I, I go back in the day when I was a kid, the, the heroes of my day were soldiers. And I would read the stories of the soldiers of World War II. And, and my dad was drafted and served in Vietnam. And I would hear the stories in the, in the 80s when I grew up. I'm I'm old man now. I'm a Gen X guy. In the in the 80s, you would I mean GI Joe was my favorite cartoon. I, I and the, the GI Joe guys, they always won. And no matter how hard the decision was, they always made the right choice. And they they always they didn't fight over if, if, if well this soldier is a black guy and this uh, guy is a white guy and this guy is an Asian guy and oh we got to fight again they were one team yo Joe and they were they were projecting this idea that we've got to fight for something that's greater than us our world today and our kids today don't have examples of heroes. Of something that's truly worth fighting for that is greater than them. And so they grow up always holding back 
And it's not when you go to, I mean, I was taught when you go to work, you work hard no matter how much you're getting paid because you are representing who you are. And your word is your bond. And whether it was a good deal or a bad deal, you made the deal. And so you work through it and you make it and you give yourself and you give your all to make that happen. Because that's how it is. But we're living in a society and in a culture that is that's stupid. You don't work so hard when you're not going to get enough. Because it's not worthy of your investment. Why are you investing so much? It's the get by mentality. I, I heard a comedian talk about where he was working at a Toys R Us. And some of you really young folks don't even know what that is. I worked at a Toys R Us. So I know a little bit about this. And he, he, was, he was working and they were building bicycles in the back of the store. And they were the stock guys that would bring the, unload the trucks and everything. And he said, come on, come on, I got a great spot, I got a great spot. And he's like, okay, okay. So they go and they, there's a hole in the drywall back in there in the, uh, in the store, storeroom. And he climbs in and he squeezes in, in the dark between the wall, outside wall and the cinder block wall of the building, and he's just standing there in the dark. Isn't this great? They'll never find us. We don't have to work. And the comedian looked at him and he said, I think I'd rather work. <laughs> that guy spent so much effort to not work that he probably would spend less effort if he actually worked. And that's our culture's mindset in many respects. Because they don't feel safe that there's anything worth giving their all to. Well, this preacher's come to tell you this morning, give God your all. Because when you do, things change. Things change. David recognized. Now back to the scripture. David recognized that the ark needs to be back in Israel. And there's, you can read about it, but I'll tell you the story. The Philistines recognized the ark needs to be back in Israel, too, because they were an ungodly people. And the ark was a godly, consecrated, set-apart, holy instrument under the Lord. And it caused them all kind of problems. They, their gods were getting bowing before it. Their gods were getting broken in half bowing before it. Then, then they all got sick. Like, uncomfortable sick. you got to read about it to hear this. It's really, it's, it's pretty cool when you're not them. But when you're them, it ain't cool at all. They got real sick, and they said, we got to get this thing out of here. So they brought it out into a field that was between them and Israel and just left it there, and they got out of there. They said, we don't want to be a part of this because they weren't the people of God. The people of God gathered it and brought it back to a man's house. And the man's house, he kept it at his house, and it was blessed. His house was blessed because the presence of God, the manifest presence of God was that place in the mercy seat of the Ark of the Covenant. So then David says, we, got, we want the nation to be blessed, not just this guy's house. So we got to go get the Ark. They go get the Ark and they say, we're going to do it differently. We're going to do a new way. We're going to make it our own way. Forgetting God already had a way and God's ways don't get out of style. It doesn't matter what culture does. It doesn't matter what our ideas are. God's ways are still God's ways. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. 
The way your granddaddy got saved is the way you got to get saved. The way Paul and Silas got saved is the way you got to get saved. There is no new way to be saved. You must be born again of the water and of the Spirit. You must understand that the Jesus Christ that we serve is the Lord God Almighty. He was God the Father. He was God displayed as the Son. He is God the whole, in, in the displaying himself as the manifesting himself as the Holy Spirit. He is God. And you got to repent. You got to turn from your wicked ways and turn to God. You got to go down in the waters of baptism in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. You will speak with tongues as a sign, a supernatural sign that you have received the Holy Spirit. That will happen. It happened 2,000 years ago when the church was founded in the book of Acts, and it's happening today. Amen. It's real, and it's worthy. David recognized that the new way didn't work. And a guy died thinking he could do it the, the, the same old, same old. Let me tell you a little bit about him. I won't go too deep into it. But a guy named Uzzah. See, the ark was at his house. He saw it every day. He's going to the bathroom. He walks by the living room. Oh, there's the presence manifested of God right there. Hallelujah. Praise God. I'm playing Uno with my brother. Hey, there's the ark of the covenant, the manifest presence of God. God is good. He got used to being in the glory. He got comfortable in the glory. And when things were happening and the ark was on a cart instead of being carried by the priests and it started to roll and fall off, he thought he, that God needed him to protect it. He thought that he was more powerful than God because he had been comfortable in the glory. He'd been around the presence of God. And so he just thinks... The scripture says he's not supposed to touch that. Now, the Philistines touched it and they didn't die. Why did he die? Because he should have known better. He'd been in the glory. He knew the power of God. He'd been blessed by God before. Church, I hate to say it, but there's a whole lot of folks that are going to get to heaven. And they're going to... Get right there at the pearly gates. And they're going to stand before the throne of judgment. And they're going to say, I believed in Jesus. Because when I needed uh, food on the table, he blessed me and he provided. When I needed uh, money, to that, that paycheck to stretch a lot further than it ever should have, he showed up. And he blessed me. When I needed a car, he blessed me. And when I needed this, he blessed me. Because our God, he loves us. And he will bless us. But if all you ever know of God is his blessing, you will not understand the depth of love that he has for you. And you will be lost in your sin. His grace is sufficient for you. But His grace must be received. 
Shall I continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. When God shows His grace, it's to give you time to get right. It's not so you can keep sinning over and over and over and say, I'm blessed, I'm blessed. I'm so glad I'm blessed. I can't remember the words. I'm so blessed, I'm so blessed. la dee da dee da dee da Have a blessed day. Oh, the blessing is of the God is so good. And somebody cuts you off on the... On the oh, I'm, I'm digging now. I better be careful. And all that blessing is great until you act like the biggest devil around. You can't control your voice, your tongue. You can't control your temper. You can't control the lusts of your flesh. And you are constantly feeding the desires of your flesh. And the only thing worth giving your all to is you. I'm so blessed. I'm so blessed. Well, guess what? You can be blessed and go to hell. Being blessed is great. But having him to as many as received him gave he the power to become the sons of God. Church, how many received Jesus as the Lord Christ, as, as he is God Almighty? Amen. That's what we're supposed to do. That's a good thing. But that does not mean you are a son of God. It means you have the power to become a son of God. That with his help, you will reach a point in your relationship with God where you will literally hate sin and love righteousness. As Paul said it, the things I used to love, I now hate. And the things I used to hate, I now love. Because God changes you. And he makes you who you were intended to be. You were created with a plan and a purpose. And you will never be happy until you are in that plan and purpose that he's created you to be. Hallelujah. Praise God. Where in the world was I? He was accustomed to the glory. And he took it for granted. Church, don't ever take the glory for granted. When we walk in these doors and the worship team has prayed and the church prayer team has been praying and they begin to lift up that name that is above every name. And that glory starts to manifest. Because you know what he said? I will inhabit. I will live. I will show up. I will manifest my presence in the praises of my people. And as somebody begins to worship him and they begin to give God their all. Whether you are or not, you begin to feel that glory. And every time you come in the doors, you feel that glory. And you feel you get comfortable in the presence of God. But you never give Him your all. You never let Him be God in your life. He's just a box on a shelf that you take off on Sunday morning. And you put on your nice clothes. And I'm church person today. But then you go home and you put it back on the shelf. Because you just got the blessing. You just got an experience of the glory. And you didn't get deeper. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. 
God wants to reach deeper inside. He wants to let you know he's worthy of your investment in him. Don't take the glory for granted. If you're serving God for the blessing and for the glory, you will run out of energy. You'll be like the, like the, the, the maidservant that's there that didn't have enough oil in her container because it was just the glory. It was just the blessing. It wasn't enough to sustain you. Our world is filled with sin. It is filled with temptation. Our culture is driving a pressure against the things of God. And if you're only living on the blessing, you're going to float downstream. And before you know it, the glory of God is way over here. And the, and the, 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 the destruction, your marriage is a mess. Your kids are on drugs. You're living a life that you never dreamed you'd be in. And you say, how did I get here? I'm telling you how you got there. You didn't give God your all. You lived a life on somebody else's investment. It wasn't yours. And I, I, I don't want to come across like I'm, I'm beating you down. Our culture has developed an atmosphere where you are not even aware sometimes of what's going on. You're not even, you don't know why. You come to church, but things don't seem to change in your life. You see somebody else and you say, how come they're doing right with God? How can they be so happy all the time? How can they do what they're doing? I go to the same church that they do. God loves you enough. He sent me to tell you this is why. Because in the dark corners and the closed doors and the closets of your life, you've cut off and not allowed God to have access to be everything. You haven't given God your all. You're holding on because you're fearful. Because you let somebody else in and they hurt you. And they abuse that privilege. And now you're guarded. And you're not letting anybody in. Not even God, your creator who loves you. Who wants what's best for you. Who has a victory waiting for you. Who has an overcoming life waiting for you. It's not even always your fault. Your mom and dad didn't give you a good example. Your grandma and grandpa didn't give you a good example. Nobody's ever told you this before. You've never understood it before. It's just being exposed right now. The light's beginning to shine. And you see how ugly it is in your heart and in the depths of your soul. I'm going to be transparent with you. When I was very young... I loved God. I always have loved God. God called me into the ministry at 16 years old. But I lived in not the greatest neighborhood. And I remember one time in particular, I got jumped. I don't even know if that's a phrase anymore, if anybody knows what that is. But a bunch of guys grabbed me on the, at recess in, the, in grade school and beat the snot out of me. Because I was white. That was really Why? I didn't live in, in, a, in a pearly, nice house, but they hated me because my mom and dad were together. 
and I always had clothes on, and I, uh, I was a happy kid. And I grew up through that. I overcame that. We ended up moving out. Our house had been broken into twice. Our car had been stolen three times. Eventually, we moved out, and I ended up living in what I call the rich people place. You had to go through a gate to get into the community. They wouldn't let anybody in. I was like, wow. We were renting. We didn't own it, but we felt like we were. So I felt like I was something special. There's a big difference from where we lived before. And I began to grow in God. God called me into the ministry. I went to Indiana Bible College, and I was growing in God. And I had a good job. I was paying my school bill because my mom and dad couldn't afford to really pay my school bill. I paid my way through school. And I'm working 50 hours a week, and I'm going to school full time, and things are happening. Things are going good. I'm a lousy preacher, by the way. I couldn't preach worth a lick. I couldn't do anything because all I could do was talk about myself. And uh, then God began to move in my life. I got fired from my job, and I got hired across the way. And my, my boss at the new place was a one God apostolic tongue-talking preacher. He was not a part of the United Pentecostal Church, but he was a part of the church. And he was a African-American man. And he became, he mentored me so much. Here I thought I was doing the work of God. And I had all these things that I had given to God. And he began to show me, and our, basically just through our relationship, and because of our relationship and his age difference with me, he spoke into my life things that I'd given him permission, that he'd earned the right to speak into my life. Your pastor has earned the right to speak into your life because he's shown that he loves you. And when somebody loves you, you allow them a little more leeway to, to go places that you don't let everybody go. And that's good. That's good. You shouldn't let everybody. You need to be careful who you let in. But your pastor's worthy. And this man had, had earned that right in my life. And he didn't say anything. But through our conversations and through my prayers, I began to realize I had some bitterness in my heart. And I never dreamed I did. I said, I'm not prejudiced. I don't have that. I, I love, I'm a child of God. I've been saved by grace. But all the way back to when I was a young person, because I was hated because of the color of my skin, I had some attitudes against people that looked like the people that beat me up because they hated me because I was white. And they happened to be African-American. And in the church, I was fine. It didn't happen in the church. But when I was outside of church, I, had a different, I always had a side eye. I didn't even know it. I wasn't even aware of it. But God loved me. And he began to expose the filthiness in my teenage life, in my teenage heart. And I began to recognize, God, forgive me. And I had to get right. And I had to let God have that too. I had to let him have it. I'm going to fall again. Why did I say that? I haven't told a lot of people that story. But I feel there's some folks in here, and it may not be 
prejudice, but it, you've got some things that you didn't even know were there. That God is showing up right now. I don't know everybody. I'm gone. I won't be here next week. But God is showing some light into your spirit and into your heart. And it don't matter how long you've been serving God. There's sometimes we don't realize that we take corners and we wall them up. I remember when they built this wall. There used to not be a wall there. Did you know that? There used to not be a wall there. And I always think it's cool every time I see Ethan running back and forth. Sometimes you build walls just like that and you don't even know they're there. And the preacher's preaching. And God is moving. And somebody's trying to speak into your life. And instead of receiving it, you run behind the wall. So you don't have to hear it. And you try to get away from what God is trying to build in you. He's worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy of it. We live in a generation that so many times we just go through the motions. We don't. It, on the job, let me remind you, when you're on the job, you're working for God. You're not working for your company or your boss or whatever. You're working for God. The scripture teaches you are to be faithful and to be competent. And you're working for God. And promotion comes from God. It doesn't come from your job. It doesn't come from your situation. So when you are stepping back and not giving what you could give, and you're not working and doing what you should be doing, what you were hired to do, you are disrespecting yourself, your name, and God. When you change that mentality and recognize it's not about just going through the motions so I can get my check so then I can really be who I'm supposed to be. You need to be who God called you to be all the time. And you will discover, you will discover that when you start doing that, how much easier life is. How much better life is. Because here's the deal. Even if your boss is a crook and your company is a terrible company and all these things, they're not paying you what they should, you don't work for them. You work for God, and He will promote you. He will elevate you. I have, I, I can speak to this. I usually talk about this at, at faith promise services and missions giving services. But I have been in situations where I've just kept my head down and I've worked. And I've done, I wasn't getting paid what I needed to get paid. I wasn't doing all these things, but I kept doing. And the boss would call me into the office and said, we don't have an existing position, but we're creating one for you because of what you've done and who you are. And I've gotten raises and promotions solely because I worked for God. And you say, well, I work for God. Well, you're a preacher. I'm talking about when I worked for Enterprise Rent-A-Car, renting cars. I worked for God. I didn't work for Enterprise. I don't work for the company I work for right now. I work for God. But you know what? Every company that I've worked for has been blessed because I work there. Because I, I have received him. And I am a child of God. I think sometimes we've we got to remember who we are, church. We've got to remember who we are. I remember Brother Lee Stone King was on a plane 
And he was going to preach at revival somewhere, and the plane started having trouble, and everybody was nervous. Even the flight attendants were getting a little shaky, and they were like, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? And he stood up, and he said, everybody calm down. This plane is not going down because God called me to preach a message at so-and-so, and I'm not there yet. So I'm going to get there, and if you're with me, we're going to get there. He sat down and the plane just went whoop and just flew perfectly the rest of the way. I remember the story of my grandfather coming back from Jordan, Jerusalem. It was Jordan then, now it's Israel. He's flying on a plane and that plane kept getting closer and closer to the water. And he started praying every time it got closer to the water. And he'd say, Lord Jesus, we need your help. And as soon as he prayed, it'd rise back up again. Well, pretty soon everybody around started hearing him. And they said, preacher, pray again. Lord Jesus, help us get home. you got to remember who you are. When you give God your all, things begin to change. You live a different life. It's no longer a struggle to get through the day. When adversity comes, you you used to be, Oh, what am I going to do? I need to go pray and speak in tongues. Oh, my life is gone. But when you're a child of God, there's an old Jewish proverb. It says, the prayers of the righteous are short. Lord God, I need your help right now. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. You don't, I'm not saying against anybody's prayer life. You may have to pray. Some people pray for hours and hours. That's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Just sometimes you don't have hours. And you need to have that relationship. And that relationship only comes when you give God your all. Praise God. How much time? When do I need to stop? When do you guys normally stop? Twelve? The Holy Ghost is moving. I'm way off my notes. So praise God. Don't just go through the motions. Come on, give God your all. Because when, you, when you're living your life, this is what people, people get so sidetracked. They'll say, you're a preacher, you feel God, you hear God speak in your life. I don't, I'm not that level. I, just, I, I don't know how to do that. That's okay. It's real simple. You give God your all, you make sure you're at church on time. You make sure that when somebody needs help, you're there. You make sure when you go to work, you're on time at work. You make sure that you are appropriately dressed. You make sure that you're doing what you're supposed to do. That's part of giving God your all. When a little baby is learning, they can't do everything. But as they get older, they start to get more independence. They start to dress themselves. They start to answer questions by themselves. They get to the restaurant, they start to order for themselves. And if you, they, 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 those, those uh, independence can be taken away if they're not making wise choices. It's same in God. You've got to grow to where you can understand the voice of your Father. He's always speaking to you. But it takes some effort. It takes some growth. It takes some stepping aside and say, I'm going to fast. I don't even know how to fast. Well, start small. I'm not going to eat breakfast. And guess what? Even if you don't eat breakfast and you're trying to play a trick, 
If you don't normally eat breakfast, if you make a statement and say, I'm going to not eat breakfast, you will be so hungry for breakfast. Your flesh will rise up against you. Say, what in the world? I don't even eat breakfast. Why am I so hungry? My goodness, the leather on my purse is looking delicious. If you're a girl, if you're a man, don't have a purse. Come on, be a man. But make some commitments and start wherever level you are and say, I'm going to give God my all. God, I want to be sensitive. I want to be able to recognize your voice when you speak. I want to grow in you. That's part of the process of giving God your all. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I'm going to skip that whole part. Let's move on to Matthew chapter 14. The the part I I was skipping, I'll give you a little clip notes on. In the book of Kings... The, uh, the prophet of God, Elisha, is about to die. And he calls for the king of Israel to come. And he tells the king, he's on his deathbed, he says, God wants to bless you, take these arrows and shoot them. And the guy just goes through the motions. He's like, well, he's the prophet of God, he's been a good guy all these years, he's an idiot, this makes no sense, this is not going to create any victory, this is not how we do it nowadays. And he grabs and he's like... He's still looking at me funny. Let me grab another arrow. One more. I mean, one more. I'm not shooting any more arrows. This is ridiculous. And the prophet became wroth with him. And he said, why did you only shoot this many times? I told you this was the victory of God. And if you only shot those many times, that's the only victories you're going to have. Because you just went through the motions. But if you give God your all and you shoot them all and you give it everything, God's going to show up. And let me tell you, when you get a hint of God speaking into your life, I remember being in a park and I, I got lost and we, we finally was making our way back with the family. We were having a family day at Homedell Park in Monmouth County. And we're walking along, not even paying attention to anything, just enjoying our time together, a beautiful Saturday in the summer. And as we're walking along, we, there's a new playground the kids haven't played at before. And they go to the playground, and they're playing and having a good time. And, and Elena, who just has a tendency to make friends with whoever happens to be around, she's a little bit like me, and she talks a lot. And that's good and bad sometimes. And uh, so she is, she's out there, and she's just making friends. She immediately makes a friend. And I start talking with the mother of the friend that Elena had made. And as we're talking, she said, oh, your, your children, your, their hair is so long. And I said, well, yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's a commitment that, they've made to, that we make to God. And she said, oh, I've never heard of that before. That's so, I never heard such a thing. And I was like, yeah, well, God is good. And uh, he, he's, he's been too good to us, and he's worthy of that sacrifice. And she says, she, she starts crying. This woman started bawling in front of everybody out in the park. And she said, you're such a good dad. Um, My daughter's dad just told us he doesn't want to be involved in our lives anymore. And I don't know how to deal with it. And I just stopped drinking. I've been an alcoholic, and I'm going to these Alcoholic Anonymous meetings. And you know what? I could go through the motions. 
Well, God is good. Lord bless you. Or I could give God my all. And I did. And I said, you know what, Veronica? God led me here to be here for you right now. And I think God is bringing us together because I'm here to teach you a Bible study about God. And she said, oh, I believe in God. He, she, whoever God is. Uh, AA tells us we need to believe in a higher power. I said, absolutely, that's correct. God's been leading you this whole time. So you could come and meet me right here, right now in this park. And she said, let's do that. Yes, here's my, and we, I brought my wife over. She introduced my wife. I, I introduced my wife to her. She didn't introduce my wife to me. That would have been really weird. That would have been a whole different story. Anyway, so they, they, we, we get to meet and uh, we start teaching her a Bible study. She falls in love with Jesus. She moved to North Carolina and she, I see her post often on, on, on uh, social media and she is always posting about the goodness of Jesus Christ and how good God is. I am nothing. I just happened to be where God wanted me to be. And when God presented the opportunity, I took it. So many times God is speaking to you by leading people into your life and you don't know that's God. It's time to start saying, I'm a child of God. I have not only received him, but I have given him my all. And so my steps are ordered by God. So wherever I go, if you're the only believer at your job, you're the most powerful person at that job. You are the leader at that job. If you're the only believer in your class at school, you are the most powerful person in that school. And you can lead everybody, including your teacher, to what they were meant to be. But it has to be from you that have given your all. Because if you're just going through the motions, you'll get a few victories. You'll get a few blessings. You shot a few arrows. But if you give God everything, I'm here to tell you, He will do amazing things. Praise God. I guess I didn't skip that part. Hallelujah. Matthew 14, verse 25. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is the Spirit. And they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer. It is I. Be not afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. And he said, Come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on water to go to Jesus. There's a whole lot here. And for time's sake, I'm going to cut it down a little bit. They were distraught because Jesus wasn't there. Jesus shows up and they're terrified because the dude is walking on water. And this is in Israel. This is not ice. This is straight up a sea. And there's waves and stuff going on. And that guy is walking on the water. And they are freaked out like, 
Don't lie. Everyone, everybody, we all would be freaked out when we saw a dude walking on the water. We wouldn't be like, oh, Jesus, let's go. We'd be like, that dude's walking on the water. Where's the, where's the hologram projector? What's going on? Something freaky. I don't believe it. But he said, don't be afraid. It is I. There's something about the voice of God. When he spoke, there was at least one guy that was willing to trust that voice. Some of them, well, you might sound like Jesus, but I don't trust it. Jesus did not say, well, if you really want to know if it's me, then come out and you can walk on water too. Peter came up with that. Peter decided that's how he was going to test to see if it was really Jesus. Jesus probably wouldn't have done something so outlandish because that's crazy. But Peter's a little crazy. Some of y'all are a little crazy. I'm pointing to myself. Sometimes we, we need some goofy stuff for God, for us to hear God's voice. And Peter says, all right, God, if that's you, Jesus, then you tell me to come and meet you on the water. And Jesus said, like, oh, that's Peter. Come on. And at that moment, Peter gave God his all. He stepped out of the boat. And no other person other than the Lord God Almighty that I've ever known has walked on water. Peter walked on water because he was willing to trust God and give God his all. He said, God, if that's you, I'd rather die and sink in the boat, sink in this water than stay in this boat where I live. Because I want to be with you. And wherever you are, I'm getting out of this boat. I'm getting out of my safety. I'm getting out of what I know. Peter was a fisherman. He grew up on the water. He knew you can't walk on water. He knew all of that. He left everything he knew and stepped into the one thing he knew that was beyond all of that. And that was Jesus. And he said, I'm walking on water. But then let's read on. And when he, Peter, saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid and began to sink and cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore did thou doubt? And when they were come into the ship, the wind ceased. Then they that were in the ship came and worshipped him, saying of a truth, Thou art the Son of God. Peter gave God his all for a minute. And then got scared. This is very powerful to me. Because more times in my life than I can count, I've given God everything for a minute. And then got scared. I remember when I was a young person... God used to touch me, and I would feel the urge to run around the church. And there were times I would feel that, and my face would get so red, and I would be so embarrassed, and I was like, I can't do that. Everybody's going to see me. They're going to think I'm a fool. And there's a couple times I'd take off, and I'd go, I'm just worshiping. I'm not running around. I trusted God for a minute and then got scared. 
Well, let me tell you now, whenever I feel an inkling, I'm off. Because my God is so much more important to me than what y'all think of me. I think you have figured that out by the way I preach and my style. I'm not trying to pretend to be anybody that I'm not. God has shown me. He has called me. He has saved me. He's been too good to me. And He is worthy of everything that I have. And He is worthy of everything that you have. Well, when you mess up, when you fail, don't forget. You just call on His name and He's right there to pick you up out of your mess. And guess what happened? Both of them together continued to walk on the water back to the boat. Keep stepping out of the boat. Keep reaching out. Keep going beyond yourself and trusting God and giving Him everything. Don't hold it back. Some of you have mighty giftings and callings. But they're restrained because of your fear and your doubt. He said, oh Peter, you had little faith. Why did you doubt? If you just believe, you can walk on water. You can speak to a mountain and tell it to be cast into the ocean and it will. I didn't tell you you could walk on water. You told me that you could walk on water and I backed you. It's time for us to start speaking in faith. You go to your, na- you go to your neighbor that you've been friends with, that you've been dealing with, and they've been talking to you. You know what? You're coming with me to church this Sunday. I didn't say nothing. You didn't even ask me. I'm not asking. You're coming to me with church. God's moving something in your life, and you're going to be changed. And it's going to make things happen that you never dreamed happen. Well, I'm sick. Guess what? I'm going to pray, and you're going to be healed. God didn't tell you to say that. God didn't tell you to do that. But when you've given God your all, He'll start to back you. And He'll start to move in your situation. And things will begin to happen because you're trusting God, and you're giving Him your all. Stand with me. i got to quit. Luke chapter 9. And he said to them all, Jesus speaking, If any man come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and daily, take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever, whosoever will save his life shall lose it. But whosoever shall lose his life for my sake, the same shall save it. For what is a man advantaged if he gain the whole world and lose himself or be a castaway? Give God your all. You can trust him. He's worthy of it. Open up every cave, every cavern, every closet, every hurt, every broken heart, everything that you've held back. I'm here to encourage you today. Open up to God. Let Him have it. He can handle it and He can change you. He will require some things of you. It will require submission. And submission is not agreement. Submission means God's going to lead you to do something you don't want to do. He's going to start telling you to dress a little bit differently. 
He's going to start moving in your life. You've got to make some changes. You know what? That TV show you loved watching, you can't watch that anymore. I don't agree with that. I can be saved and still watch that guy murder that girl. And then see how they catch the killer. I'm not against, I'm just, this is between you and God. If God is leading you, he's worthy. Give him your all. And submit, submit to your pastor. He's your shepherd. God called him to be your shepherd. It's not an accident that you're here. God called you to be here, to be a part of this fold of this flock of God. And the, the, the pastor's job is to be the shepherd, to feed the flock, but it's also to put the fences up. You can't go there because if you do, it's going to hurt. There's some wolves out there. There's a cave. There's a bear living out there. There's a ravine that you could fall and hurt yourself. That's why I put the fence there. That's why the pastor says, don't do this. Don't do that. Do this. Do that. It's not because he's trying to control your life. It's because he loves you. And he's trying to protect you so that you can grow to not be a lamb anymore. The Bible says my sheep know my voice, but lambs don't. Lambs just go along and they don't understand all the time. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus Christ. I thank you for all that you've done in the past. I thank you for what you've done in this service. But God, I release an anointing by the power of the name of Jesus into this body of Christ. I release giftings and callings. Right now, Lord God, let a spirit of repentance sweep over this place right now. I bind every spirit of the enemy in the name of Jesus. I bind every human spirit, every spirit of fear, every spirit of doubt in Jesus' name. I release faith right now. I release giftings and callings and anointings and ministries in the name of Jesus. We don't need fake stuff. We don't need to put our investment in fake stuff. We've got the real deal. We've got the real thing. He's worthy. You can give God your all and your life will be better. Thank you, Jesus. I don't know what you guys normally do, but I'm just going to take my liberty right now. This altar is open. If you feel God moving in your life, if you don't feel God moving in your life, it's even more important that you do what I tell you to do right now. Step out from where you are. Come to the front and make a commitment, a recommitment. God, I'm giving you my all. I'm not holding anything back anymore. I want to be what you've called me to be. Come on, church. Let's reach out to him.
right now. Come on, stretch a little bit. Reach out a little bit more than you have in the past. This is not a time to go through the motions. This is not just another Sunday morning. Come on, reach out. Reach out a little bit deeper. God, I give you my all. God, you're worthy. You're worthy of it all. I worship you. I worship you. I worship you. Even if all you've got in your heart, all you've got is just a hallelujah. I love you, Jesus. 
Hallelujah. I love you, Jesus. Give it to him. He's got a call for you. He's got a ministry for you. You're not here by accident. You're not just a, a random bunch of cells that came together. You were formed by God for a plan and a purpose. There's something deeper going on. Find it in him. Hallelujah. 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 All over the sanctuary, if you can just lift our hands one more time and just continue to worship the Lord just for a few more seconds. Hallelujah. We honor you, Lord God. We glorify you, Lord God. Hallelujah. You know, I was here this morning and I'm listening to Pastor McFarlane preaching this morning. And um, for those of us that were in Sunday school this morning, this is how you know that you're connected with the Lord. I'm, I'm not sure, you know, if we're listening to the message. Are we giving our all to the Lord? Um, the, the, the message that Pastor spoke this morning, Brother Calvin was teaching this morning, and the things that Pastor Mac was saying, it's just like a reinforcement, confirmation to what was happening in Sunday school this morning. Pastor McFarlane didn't come to Sunday school this morning, but the message that he taught and preached this morning was right in line with what the man of God was teaching in Sunday school this morning. Pastor McFarlane, we thank you for giving you all this morning. We thank you for pouring out this morning, for allow the Lord to use it the way he did. We greatly appreciate it, and we thank God for what he has done this morning. Come on, let's just give the Lord another round of applause this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're going to be dismissing a few more seconds, but if there's someone here that have not given your heart to the Lord, you want to baptize in Jesus' name, the water is here. We can get you baptized this morning. We don't want you to leave the same way you came in. If you brought in a lot of load with you, you have the opportunity to give your all to the Lord this morning. Tomorrow is not promised to us, but we are here today. Now is the acceptable time. Now is when our salvation is nearer than we first believed. So if there's someone here this morning, are you ready to give the Lord your heart this morning? You want to repent of your sin? You want to get baptized in Jesus' name? We can get you baptized this morning in Jesus' name. Is there one? Is there someone here? 
Hallelujah. Is there someone here this morning ready to give your all to the Lord this morning? Hallelujah. If you're thinking about it, you can feel free to talk to one of us right after service. We'll get you baptized in Jesus' name. Bow your heads. Father God, we love you. We thank you for the man of God that you bring forth to us this morning. We thank you for the word that he preached this morning. We ask you continuous blessing upon him and his family. We ask you to keep them, O oh God. We ask you to continue, O oh poor Lord God, bless him like never before, Lord God. I pray and ask you to bless this congregation. We ask you to dismiss us from this place, but never from your presence. Help us, Lord God, to give our all to you, not to withhold nothing, Lord God. You truly have done so much for us, and we're truly grateful for all the things that you have done. Bless us and keep us. Continue to bless this facility. Continue to keep us and guide us, O oh God, as we continue to worship you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody said amen. The Lord bless you. We love you. Amen. Continue to worship the Lord with us. Amen. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah.